This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? We're live. I can see my thing moving. We're good. Audrey. Christina. Hi. Hi. It's really good to see you. Are we healed now that it's above 60 degrees outside? My depression has been 100% cured. I am no longer taking my Prozac. I'll tell you that much. Perfect. Just done with that. Flush it. Whenever the whenever the temperature starts getting above like 50, 60 degrees in the spring, I think about how like two years ago there was that thing going around that like male health guru celebrities were sunning their perineums. Oh, I remember, yeah, and yeah. Do you remember that? I do, and I'm very excited to hear where you're going to take this. And the first couple of days when the weather gets nice is how I imagine that must feel. Yeah. It doesn't make me want to try it at all, but I do, like, I I get this. Like, it's like the feeling that it would inspire in you. Were you to sun your perineum? Were you that kind of person? Yes. (laughs) Hell, I'd su- I'd sun my perineum. I don't care. Do you think you can get like skin cancer from that? Absolutely, I think you can probably get. Skin- <laughs> imagine, imagine having like a huge melanoma right on your perineum. This is really gross. You, you roll up to the doctor and have to explain. Whoop! Hello, um, hello. Welcome back to Puck Bunnies. It is a podcast about hockey, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. Please, please, please put sunscreen on your perineums. The weather's getting warmer. We just have to remind you guys about your SPF. Speaking of, like, health, let's talk about the prevailing story in the NHL currently, which has really hit, I feel like, its zenith today, because now 18 of the 22 active members of the Canucks roster are in COVID protocol. You know, it's funny that you say it's a prevailing story of the NHL today because I also feel like it is not really being talked about on broadcast at all, like in between, you know, like they never really talk about it. Oh, yeah. And I feel like probably in Canada, it's a much bigger story. Also, like we're biased because I think we just know a lot of people from Vancouver, but Mm -hmm. it's coming at a time where there are some serious spikes 
in coronavirus cases in a bunch of different provinces, and they are not equipped to vaccinate people. And this one is particularly bad because this is the Brazilian variant, which can reinfect yes. people who have already had coronavirus, which because these are all party boys, a lot of them have already had coronavirus because they got it this summer. Hello, Jake Vertanen. <laughs> Hello, Jake Vertanen, who is now on the COVID protocol On list. the COVID list as of like two hours ago. I think that it's very much indicative of the larger problems going on in British Columbia and in like Canada as a whole right now, where there's these waves starting again. And in British Columbia, specifically the Brazil variant, they're having a huge problem with it. And I feel like this is just, again, welcome back to our uh, communist hockey podcast. This is a further argument for like, why didn't the U.S. just agree to share the vaccine trademarks with other countries? Yeah, I mean, that that's really what's underlying everything right now is that the U.S. is leaps and bounds ahead of almost ahead of everyone in the whole world in terms of getting this like vaccine out because there's something Americans love more than a consumer solution. Exactly. A problem. We love anything that can be made on an assembly line. So like America, we're going to get lucky and probably avoid another fourth wave because we're getting so many vaccinations out. But what you're right. going to see in Canada is these other waves and they're also dangerous for us because there's waves and variants that like maybe our vaccine doesn't protect against so it's really a problem for everybody but what's been most shocking to me is just how the how the nhl covid guidelines failed just so incredibly badly the incident that everybody's pointing out is that Adam Gaudet was allowed was pulled out of practice uh, a week ago, and they continued practice after he showed got pulled up to out. morning skate. They were like, "Adam, you tested positive. You have to leave the ice." He was like, "Oh, okay." And then they just continued. Not only did they continue morning skate, they did another. They did another practice the next day. So, but this is. I mean, what they're saying is, is this is all within like COVID protocol. You know, like. They, right. they didn't do anything wrong, but it's just showing how like full of holes this protocol is because now like the entire team is infected. That combined with like the Rick bonus thing that happened a couple of nights ago when the stars were playing the Canes where he got yanked off the bench in between the second and third periods, even though so like he's been fully vaccinated for I think like a month or so now, but the game went on. And the problem for me is that, okay, you're testing your players and your coaches right but you're not waiting for those test results to start a game it just seems to me basic human problem solving skills that if you need to know if your players have coronavirus that you would wait for their test results or like be able to get their test results back before they do the thing that they're supposed to do but Audrey, that would mean that the <laughs> rules of hockey would bend to science instead of man. Oh, I know. What's really also very funny is that like, mo- I feel like most players in the NHL now don't see the value in having like a morning skate the day of a game. And it's something that's kind of being phased out very slowly. And we've seen so many incidents this year of a morning practice before a game being an issue and then they still play the game that night or the stars having a morning practice and probably getting all our tests done then for that night. Mm -hmm. My thing is like, why would you just not have a practice the night before instead, get your tests done the night before, not have a morning skate 
and then just play the game so that you have a full almost 24 hours to get the test results back. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so that's why they can't do it. You know? <laughs> I, I think that they want to really say that they let science lead the way with all mm-hmm. this because I think it's a great shield for them to sort of kneel behind. But like you said, if they really wanted to let science lead the way, they would be testing them the night before, not the day of. I also think what's coming into play right now is that the schedule is so hectic, especially for some of these teams, that like there's no way to get in a consistent testing. I mean, there is, right? Like if they really wanted to, Mm -hmm. they could. But it's difficult to get in a consistent testing regime in whatever. You don't even have a consistent practice. So everybody is now talking about, like, are they going to be able to finish their season? Or are they going to be able to play a full 56-game schedule? And the NHL has said, yes, oh my god, we're going to get all these games in. It's going to be fine. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that, like, their practice facility can't even open for, like, another full week. Yeah, sure. The next realistic game date would be April 18th. They have 19 games left to play, and that would give them 23 days to play those games. After three quarters of the team has actively had COVID. There's no way. And it's insane to me that the league is even still entertaining this as a possibility. Like, why can't you just be truthful and say that this is not going to happen? And my real problem with this is that I think the league is treating the Canucks. Wow, I'm like getting on my, the Canucks are my favorite team bandwagon right now. I'm getting (laughs) on my like, the league is biased against the Vancouver Canucks podium. That's not what I mean. I mean, I think the league is treating the COVID situation in Vancouver with less care than they would if it was happening in say, Tampa or Raleigh or Toronto. Like they are not as concerned with the Canucks finishing their schedule or like Mm -hmm. the general well-being of the team as much as they would about teams who are in a playoff race right now. That is my theory. You say that? I actually think that, like, I'm in an Occam's razor right here. I don't think that it's, like, a conscious choice to care less because they're a team that's sort of in a marginal playoff spot. I think they genuinely just have no idea what to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I do not think that any thought is being put into this at all. I do not think Gary Bettman is like sitting at like the top of his skyscraper office in New York City, like plotting. He's like, thank God it's the Canucks and not an actually good team who got sick. But I think that probably we would be seeing a lot more willingness from the league to talk about improving and changing COVID protocols going into the playoffs if this was a team that was playing at a very competitive level right now. And I almost feel like the fact that they're leaning so much on on it being a specific variant is going to be their other crutch that they lean on. They're going to say, oh, it was a super duper infectious variant. It was so so bad, guys. And like, that's why we don't have to change any of our protocols because it was a Brazilian variant. It could only happen in Vancouver. Yeah. It was born and bred in the Roxy. I really do think that you actually got COVID at the Roxy and... I was patient zero in, you were patient <laughs> in the zero. United States. You don't even need a vaccine anymore. You're right. Good. No, and what's really sad is like the main theme, the through line that I think we've been seeing since the playoff bubble mm-hmm. last season is that the league doesn't really understand kind of the human experience and the emotional toll that this takes not only on players, like, but then you have all of the staff, you have the coaches, the trainers, all of their families. And, like, a lot of these players and a lot of these guys who work for these teams are guys with young families, right? Mm -hmm. 
So Sportsnet did this piece today on Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat, known Aries, turned 26 yesterday. Oh my god, he's only 26? Wow, okay. In quarantine, in the basement of his own house, couldn't see his wife and his like six-month-old son, and videotaped his son having breakfast or something, and like sent it to his parents and it's through a full glass window. Like he went outside and filmed it through the window. And so it's this like very touching, heartbreaking interview with his parents who um, I think I think he's from Minnesota. So like his parents haven't been able to come see him because he lives in Vancouver and they live in the States. And how worried they are, not just about Bo and not just about his wife, but about their son, their like baby kid who now was potentially exposed to this like very dangerous variant of coronavirus. They talked to his dad and his dad said that he basically hasn't slept since last week when they all started getting put on the list. It's really upsetting. And it's, there's a part of me that's like very angry at the NHL, not because of the protocols that they do or do not have in place, but just because there's no basic human understanding of like what people need in this time to feel okay and like to feel secure. Right. And I think you and I were both talking about this and how the whole situation with the Canucks has really bummed us out a lot in terms of being interested in following hockey just because it's just like you see how much these players are just grist for the mill and then you watch the games and you see people at the games and you're like you guys don't need to be here you're just here to like put butts and seats and like make money it's all reduced down to just a plain money making exercise it really removes anything that's interesting about the game So it's been hard for me to really stay engaged whenever the league is willing to let all these boys just get sick and like potentially maybe never play again. We don't know what the long-term effects of of this disease are going to be. And I mean, if it was bad enough for some of them that like at the beginning of last week, they had training staff going to these guys' houses and apartments to, you know, bring medical supplies to them the whole thing is upsetting and like just another thing that was making me really irritated this week is how you know you think about their families and their Mm -hmm. wives and girlfriends and seeing people first of all like Canucks fan base online wild absolutely just out of control some of them should not be on the internet take a break take a break (laughs) close your laptop throw your phone out the window reevaluate but to see Michaela Gaudet who is Adam Gaudet's wife, Mm -hmm. being attacked for, like, going to get groceries. She's the one who exposed Adam. Like, she gave coronavirus to the whole team. What what is she supposed to do? If you can get coronavirus that easily. But also, like, if that is in line with the league's regulations, like, how Mm -hmm. are you supposed to think that's not okay? Yeah, I mean, like, everybody was just following the rules. It's not their fault that, like, a pandemic is happening that's extremely contagious. And that your husband's employer is not giving you ways to make you as safe as possible. Or also is is making him play sports (laughs) during a global pandemic. Like, that's the real issue here is, as we have been saying for, like, almost a full year now, this Mm -hmm. should not be happening. Any of it. (laughs) No. And and we're seeing the consequences, and it's it really sucks. And what sucks is that, 
you know, there's not really even an option for the Canucks to play with their, like, taxi squad because a bunch mm-hmm. of their taxi squad players have it. And also their AHL team is in America. So mm-hmm. that would take, like, seven days. Also, the AHL team is having a coronavirus outbreak as well. So there's literally nobody to play for them right now. Right. So the fact that the league is just throwing up their hands and saying, oh, they're going to play all their 56 games. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Let's talk about other teams because this one's bumming me out. Trade deadline allegedly is in under a week. Everyone's saying, you know, oh, it's going to be really quiet. Like, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. Taylor Hall is definitely getting traded. So I actually don't think it's going to be quiet is the thing. Because no Taylor Hall trade has ever been not dramatic. Taylor Hall is sitting out tonight against against the Devils. So is Kyle Palmieri. They should hang out. They should. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, they should go in like a little room. And just, Remember like, when chill. Taylor Hall played for the Devils like a year and a half ago? Literally, no. That was before he got traded to the Coyotes. Here's like it begs the question: Is Taylor Hall just bad? Because he's only <laughs> had two. He's only had two goals. I yeah, but mean, he also I- was, has been injured. Yeah, that's like, uh, it runs out of excuses. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's faking it. <laughs> he's faking it. He just wants to, he, he and Jack Heigl are both faking their injuries. Right, right. That's another name that I've seen floated around. I don't think Jack Eichel is being traded. I don't think Jack Eichel is going anywhere because I think probably he's too expensive. He's too expensive and I don't think they want to rebuild that hard. Taylor Hall, I know that we are both convinced that he's probably going to go to the Islanders, which we will never know until the transaction actually happens because Lou Lamorello never lets anybody know what he's thinking or going to say or going to do. But the Islanders are hurting pretty bad because Anders Lee is out for the season. And they need some more scoring. And also, like, with Anders Lee out, do they have a guy besides Matt Barzal whose name anybody knows? (laughs) Uh, I couldn't tell you another guy who's on the Islanders right now. Is Clutterbuck still on there? Yeah, I was going to say Clutterbuck. (laughs) We cannot say anything about Johnny Boychuk anymore because he did retire. Uh, Oh, good for him. I'm glad he made it. Remember the time that Mitch Marner almost decapitated him? Yeah, Mitch Marner and Tactivist. (laughs) Sorry, I can't say that. Yes, I do. I do remember the one time that Mitch Marner almost decapitated Boychuk and then we were decapitated online. Who else is up for Buffalo? Is it like, don't they have one more? I feel like everybody stopped talking about Jeff Skinner. They're just all fading into obscurity because it's such a shit show there. Right. Hold on. There's one more guy, I think. No, not the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Sam Reiner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that name to me and I'm just like, yeah, sure. I know who that is. It literally just glazed over me, like, smooth-brainedly. I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, that guy. I could not In, in my mind, him. I'm picturing, like, blonde-ish. But, like, if you put a lineup of 10 Buffalo Sabres in front of me, I wouldn't be able to pick him out. Absolutely not. Of course, I don't want Taylor Hall to go to the Islanders because the Islanders are boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I would love, imagine the pure, chaotic energy of taylor hall being treated back to edmonton oh my god audrey that is such a that is such a thing to say it, it's i want almost, it so bad I want it's it so, so crazy bad. that it almost might happen except he for has the edmonton to go Oilers. back he has to go back to where it all began are they even shopping right now i mean so the oilers they're vying for like second place in the northern in the northern division with the jets okay yeah, I know. Fake division. But and it, somebody's going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> like, somebody's going to end one. up in the final four. Yeah. Edmonton is like kind of going back and forth with Winnipeg over that second slot. And I mean, 
Obviously, they have Conor McDavid. Obviously, they have Leon Dreisaitl. Who else is scoring <laughs> for the Oilers? Anybody? Hello? Couldn't Hello. tell you another guy in the Oilers. Um, Alex Chason, former Washington Capitol, who threw me a beer from the bus in the parade that one time. Very, very cool. Oh, and Nuge. This show is just like, say some guys' names. Remember some guys? <laughs> yeah. Remember some guys in Edmonton. Um, there's not a team in the Northern Division who needs scoring more than the Oilers. And if they want to make like actual real push to make the playoffs for real, not the fake playoffs like they made last year. I mean, I would love to see it. I uh, I know it's probably not going to happen, but oh man, it would be s- just delicious. You heard it here first, Taylor Hall back to Edmonton. The Please trade God. Is, I know. I wonder who they would even have to give up. Just like everybody. Watch. Lou is going to make a call at like midnight tonight and by tomorrow morning, he's going to be on Long Island and my dreams will have died. But I think Taylor Hall is going to love it. I think he's going to love playing in Long Island because he gets to live in New York. Yeah. He's just bopping around. He already had to live in um, fucking Hoboken. And Glendale. Oh, he probably misses Glendale so bad compared to like... I think I would rather live in Glendale than New York City. That is such a curse thing to say. <laughs> That's such but a I grew up in Texas thing to say too. <laughs> I just like don't... I don't think I could do it. I, I'm not like made out for that lifestyle. But like hopefully he is. Let's see. Who else am I keeping an eye on? I'm watching the Panthers. I'm interested to see what the Panthers do now that Aaron Ekblad is out for the season. Um, When we cursed him during our episode with Emily, where we talked about how much fun it's been to watch him like become an all-star defenseman this season. Uh, One of the names that's being floated around as a defenseman they might want to trade for is Josh Manson from the Ducks. Here's the thing about the Ducks. I can't name a single person on the Ducks aside from Josh Manson. I was very um, impressed that you could do one. Oh, Trevor Zegris is, uh, you know, their little boy. Oh, Ryan Getzlaff. Ryan Getzlaff. Who does not want to be traded, by the way. He does not want to, like, don't worry. (laughs) They said they're not going to trade him. Uh, John Gibson, (laughs) obviously. John Gibson, yes, very good. Cancer goalie, trying to think of, oh, Adam Henrique. Oh, yeah, Ben Hutton is uh, in Anaheim now. Oh my God, Christina! What? You know who we forgot about? Who got traded to the Ducks in like November? Whomst? Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh my God, he's like been everywhere. Stanley Cup champion, Kevin Shattenkirk. That's so us. Anyway, I'm I'm a fan of Josh Manson. Not even sure if he's that good. I just like like him as a person and would love to see him airlifted out of uh, the West. Yeah, so that we could actually watch his games. I feel right. so bad. I feel so bad. I really don't watch enough, like, games in the Western Conference. I don't know. I just, I, I need to make the conscious effort of it. But, like, every time <sighs> I, I try. We should do it together. Like, we really just need to dive into his Sharks ourselves. Game. No, I'm not watching the Sharks. Come on. I'm, I draw the line. We'll just somewhere. watch an Avs. We'll watch, watch an Avs. Vegas game. game. A Vegas game. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Vegas-Minnesota has been really fun. A really fun matchup. Minnesota swept them in the series that they played this past week. Whoop. Whoop. Good for them. I think, like, all the teams in California are either going to do nothing or they're going to be selling. But really what they should do is just carousel players between the three of them. Do you want to hear a really funny one? Yeah. Patrick Marlowe is begging to be traded. Stop. He wants to win a Stanley Cup so bad. So he's like, please oh take God. me for a contender team. Oh, my God. What if he signed with the Leafs again? <gasps> oh, my God. It would be like the Expendables. Do you think that Joe Thornton would kind of feel like, you know, he's come in and filled Patrick Marlowe's shoes 
with the younger guys and then Patrick Marlowe comes back to death. I think that they would like feud. I think you would feel like, why are you copying me? Yeah. <laughs> why are you trying to be me? I mean, I think they should just like switch again. Patrick Marlowe. It should be old guy for old guy. I mean, Joe, I think has been playing forward a fair amount on the Leafs. So like if Patrick Marlowe went back and played defense. Hey. Let's just mix it up a little bit. See what works. Yeah, I feel bad for him. I hope he wins the Stanley Cup too. He's not going to because he's not going to get <laughs> traded. And even though the Sharks have won four games in a row, they're also, they might make the playoffs. I don't know. Who's to say? Mm. My favorite storyline in the West right now, and I stand by this because it's becoming more and more true with every passing day, is that the St. Louis Blues are not going to make the playoffs and the Arizona Coyotes are. Bro, I was just looking at the standings. Like the Blues are in loss seven. They're in a they seven game skid. Good. What is going on? Who's Alex Petrangelo has got to be looking at that. Like, damn, I really got out at the perfect time. Wow. Yeah, he really got off. Like, poor, poor Colton Perenko. Colton Perenko. I don't know if he's back yet, but he was injured for a while. But it's also, you know, what it is with the Blues. What's fucking Jordan Bennington? He and they just signed him to bad. a big fat contract. He is not good. Jordan Bennington and Carter Hart are both having bad seasons, but I don't think we're talking about how truly dog shit Jordan Bennington is and also how they traded Jake Allen. Is Jake Allen doing well? Yeah. Well, that's pretty fucking funny, don't you think? Anyway, it's fun to win a Stanley Cup and then be really, really bad two years later. It's fine. We all go through it. Don't the Cavs need a goalie? Yeah, but they're doing okay right now because Vitek Vanacek's really good. I would bet that Columbus loses one of their goalies. I bet Elvis or Eunice is gone. Oh, wow. They don't need both of them. Teams are so desperate for good goalies. Like, there's so many it's teams gonna out there. It's going to be so interesting to see, like, who is willing to part with. And I, I honestly, I don't think that teams are going to be willing to give up goalies. Really? Because the thing to do now is have a really strong goalie tandem. Right. You want to have... Two number ones. Two number ones, right? Like they have in Carolina. Well, Carolina now has like three number ones, but that's fine. <laughs> Carolina, I think it's also, I think James Reimer might be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would, that would make sense to me. But they're like one of the few teams that has a surplus. And like the problem is that there's a supply and demand issue. We've got to make more Everybody, goalies. <laughs> we have to pump out more goalies. There's a shortage of goalies in the league and everybody needs to have two now and um i don't think anybody's gonna be making too many changes i do feel like that has been a change that like we've seen just in in that i've been into hockey oh yeah they didn't used to play tandems all the time i feel like that started maybe with dallas maybe with somebody else or maybe with carolina actually where they were playing a more tandem i mean when the caps won the cup in (laughs) when the caps won the cup back in 2018 they had Grubauer as their backup and Holtby. He was great. And Holtby wasn't too hot going into the playoffs. So they started playing Grubauer and Grubauer was on fire first mm-hmm. round. And so they started, he gave Holtby the necessary time off to like readjust and get back. And then he was amazing the rest of the way. And so I think like that's a model that I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I'm like, why didn't you guys start doing this earlier? But it's expensive. Right, and expensive, and there's like a supply and demand issue, exactly right. like we were talking about. So we'll see. I know that Az would love to get another goalie, so maybe Elvis I know. or Eunice would go there. Oh, I would kind of love Elvis in, in Colorado. That'd be fun. I think that would be really fun. I think that he's too good. They need a younger guy? Yeah, I think they would like go with a younger guy. 
Just because uh, right. Grubauer is so good. Anyway, when we record next week, like we would love to hear your reactions to trades. If any of your special boys get, get swapped around or if your teams make an especially good move or an especially bad move, let us know. We love to hear your reactions. Hit our line with your cries. You can hit our line with unrelated things at 774-318-6952. You can follow us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. Christina is so impressed by my amazing segue I just did. I'm like hard right now. It's so good. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at PuckBunnies pod no underscore. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. Christina, it's you're my pride and my joy. You're my best buddy. Aww. And oh, there's a bug on my desk. <laughs> oh, it's just a little beetle. It's okay. Anyway, I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye. Bye. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.